Hello and welcome to Luke Talks Fitness. My name is Luke Holmes and I'm a strength and conditioning coach working with individuals and gyms, helping them with their training. This is where I explore ideas, share information and chat about all things in fitness, health and performance. For today's episode, I'm going to be talking about managing the highs and lows of your training. And I'm going to speak mainly to those involved in competitive fitness and those who are trying to excel there. But I will touch on um, how this can affect those individuals who are training more for health and longevity and who may be sort of just taking part in the sport of fitness uh, at a more recreational level. So I think that it mainly comes down to four areas. Um, and all of those areas are uh, essentially a, a, a byproduct of having your expectations in training and uh, having some level of difference of what is actually occurring. So there's a there's a uh, there's an expectation that something should be happening and it's not happening. And there's a number of reasons why this can happen. Um, and, the, and the first one I'm going to go over is not necessarily being completely objective through your training. <clears throat> now, this is obviously something that if you have um, a more sort of thought out program, if you have a coach, if you have something that you're following that is structured and that you may not be uh, sort of writing yourself, then there's a, a level of objectivity to your training. You know, if you're training for a sport and you're training for something, uh, you know, a specific competitive goal, then you have to try to make sure that your training is clearly going in direction uh, to allow for that to happen. And I think that quite often what ends up happening is training can be an emotional experience for some people. It can be quite stressful for some people. It can be quite painful. And there can also be expectations and not necessarily going hitting those expectations. Um, this makes it even more of an emotional experience. And I think that if you are able to sort of take yourself out of that experience in your training and you're able to sort of look at the situation from an outsider's perspective, this is always something that really um, puts things into uh, in, in, place in terms of what you need to expect out of your training. And it, sometimes it offers uh, a great insight into where you are potentially going wrong or what you might be trying to push that's not necessarily there. And I think the one thing I try to get across to my clients is that I, I want them to be able to make decisions and be able to direct their training and their fitness in the best uh, possible way and make decisions on the fly that are going to help them long term. And I try to sort of tell them to, you know, imagine that they're coaching themselves, imagine that they are me and, you know, what what is uh, what am I likely going to say to them or what would they advise themselves to do if they are in a coaching position and if, if someone is a coach or has a, a, a you know a good understanding around um, the training process and the sport this makes it a little bit easier but I do think that that is something that can be very very useful in terms of just making sure that your behaviors and your decisions in training are more objective and you know when you are reflecting on your training you you should be looking at things and you know trying to sort of not give yourself this constant headache of negativity and reflect on the things that you do well reflect on the things that you need to improve on um but do it from you know an objective point of view and don't necessarily 
allow uh, the emotions of training and the things that are associated around it, especially if you put a lot into this personally, uh, don't allow that to get in the way of the decisions that you make in training because training is about, you know, the real small decisions that you're constantly making. You know, when you're going through a Metcon and you're sort of in the pain cave, it's about making a, a better decision next time. It doesn't have to be the perfect decision, but a better decision the next time that you are tired and that you are, you know, going to be resting in a transition too long. Or, you know, if you're thinking about this from a more sort of controlled setting, it's about making better decisions in the weight jumps that you go through when you're trying to build up to a heavy single, double, whatever it is. Um, you know, you, you're not reading that and seeing that as, okay, I'm going to hit a new one rep max. Um, I think that, you know, there's definitely some things that um, people in the world of competitive fitness, they, they can... They can take uh, some lessons from the world of weightlifting, from gymnastics, from endurance training, um, and sort of apply them to their training. And I think that you know the the biggest one is obviously patience and just understanding that you have your good days, you have your uh, not so good days, but it's about being consistent, turning up each day. And I think that if you are able to manage your highs and lows within training, that is going to allow for greater consistency over a long period of time, which will breed success. Um, training is not necessarily about making huge amounts of improvement. Um, you know, every sort of six weeks is about making very, very small amounts of improvement consistently over time. And these things will compound and they will, you know, deliver on game day and when you're in a competition, which is what matters. The second area that I think gets in the way of people managing the highs and lows of training is self-comparison. Um, you know, we now live in a hyper-connected world where we're able to see what everyone else is doing and not only see what everyone else is doing, but very much see the highlights of what everyone else is doing. And, uh, you know, this can sometimes be really jarring for people because if they, say for instance, don't have much to, um, they don't really have anyone to train with, they don't really have any frame of reference, to, to go with in the terms of their performance and all they're seeing is their peer group or you know their, their their extended social networks right if all they're seeing is those people having great times in training you know PBing on lifts and doing you know fancy new skills that they just learned if they only see that then they're sort of going to end up creating this narrative which is that everyone else goes through that every single day and you know you're just grinding away and it's really really difficult and you're unable to make those breakthrough performances. And I think that self-comparison can do a real disservice because back in the day, you know, you had, uh, the only thing that you had to compare yourself with were the other people who were training, you know, within the same room as you. And I know that, you know, for me personally, I saw CrossFit boom with, you know, the, uh, the boom of social media, you know, with, you know, things like, uh, Instagram coming to real popularity um, and just being able to really, really easily uh, connect with everyone and show them what you're doing. And, you know, I saw how things grew and I, I do think that social media is great for certain things, but I do believe that it does take people off of the sort of path of, you know, making sure they're consistent, um, making sure they're doing the very, very small things correctly for a long period of time, you know, focusing on the process, you know, focusing on the journey, not the destination. You know, this is 
these are the types of things that I think social media doesn't allow um, or I, I think people don't allow themselves to uh, do because of the influence of social media. I do think that social media is don't, doing great things with actually uh, delivering better education. People are becoming more educated about their training. People are becoming more edu- educated about their mindset. There's lots of people who are talking about what I'm talking about right now on social media. And I think that, that is really, really positive. Um, but, you know, if you are just, you know, going through a highlight reel of everyone else's training and um, you're not focusing on yourself and you're not focusing on what you have direct control over, then this is obviously going to be a problem if you're trying to create results in training. And the responsibility that you have in training is to yourself. It's to turning up for yourself to do what you need to do. It's not a responsibility to anyone else. It's not a responsibility. It's not your responsibility to be comparing yourself to others and to then be adjusting your training based off of that. Now, just sort of play that in your mind and think how ridiculous that sounds, but this is definitely something I see a lot of people doing. They don't allow themselves to focus on what they need to achieve in their training and they're constantly distracted by what someone else is doing. They don't necessarily have full buy-in to their process, to their program. And with everything, it takes time. And if you don't allow yourself the time to actually make those improvements and to actually see what you're doing come into fruition, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And honestly, we are you know, very bad judges of ourselves as well. We are very much, you know, it's, it's very, very often that people will either, you know, not consider themselves um, as good as they actually are, or people will hype themselves up to be um, better than they actually are. And this is quite often the case in the sport. And um, I've seen it with, you know, people that I coach, I've sort of, I've, I've experienced it myself as well. And I think that, you know, I've seen uh, other individuals who are trained with and trained around uh, do this as well. It's, you know, it's almost, okay, I can snatch as much as this CrossFit Games athlete. That means I'm on their level or I'm on a par within that field. That isn't the case. There's a lot of other things that get tested within the sport. Um, and then on the other end of that, you have individuals who, you know, they may just struggle in training. They may just not finish training sessions feeling great about themselves or they just don't have, um, you know, they they don't really, they can't push themselves uh, to their limits in their training for whatever reasons. But then when they get out into the competition floor, they're able to pull the pin and actually do what they need to do. And and you, you, you see this quite often is, you know, people don't feel great in training. They come up to a competition. All of a sudden, they have a great performance, and they shock themselves and they surprise themselves. And both of those lead to the point of we're not the best judges of ourselves. And like I said before, it's not your job to be judging yourself compared to others. That's going to be down to the competition. It's going to be down to the coaches, the people you work with. Um, obviously, <clears throat> you need to have some idea of where you stand with other people. Um, but generally speaking, the, the individuals that are going to be really trying to push their uh, performance and are going to be sort of racing against other people, it's going to be reserved for those individuals who are competing at the highest level 
And for those individuals who are going to be potentially, uh, you know, looking to win competitions at whatever level or stage um, of the competitive world that is, you know, everyone else is merely trying to um, survive and, you know, do what they can to control their performance in the workout as best as they can. So moving on to the next point, um, I think the, the next point, <clears throat> and this is, um, you know, taken into perspective the, the other two as well, is that people have a, a bit of a, a misunderstanding of how progress will work. And we see this all the time. We see people who go through their training, they experience some great uh, success off the bat, and they're doing really, really well. But then after a while, um, they don't, they're not necessarily exposed to too many other novel experiences in their training and obviously this is going to lead to some level of plateau and you you have to just try to keep chipping away at a certain point where you're not necessarily seeing that improvement week to week month to month um you know the 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 one i hear quite often as a coach is when people are uh, worried about their numbers or their previous bests not being improved for whatever reasons so it'll be like i have not pr'd uh, my snatch or i've not pr'd my back squat in so many years well let's be completely honest here people in the olympics who are you know people are competing at the highest level within weightlifting sports they fight for mere kilos on their totals year after year now as an individual who is trying to do well in the strength element of the sport the endurance element of the sport, the skill element of the sport, and then also actually playing the sport and practicing the sport. <clears throat> to have sort of a an idea that you are going to have uh, similar levels of improvement in your lifting or in your endurance or whatever it is or whatever metric you're looking at, if you expect the same level of improvement as you did when you first got into things or even you know in the first, say, three years then I think that this is very, very misguided. You have to understand that once you get past a certain point, this uh, sort of ebb and flow of you know peaking in certain areas and working on other areas and then bringing it down, you know, it's, it's very much trying to figure out what the priorities are and understanding that that is the most important thing. Figure out your priorities, improve on your priorities, stay good at the things that you're good at. Don't get worse anything and this is going to be the best way to navigate your way through the sport if you try to constantly improve on everything and you're not necessarily very very focused in on what you actually have to focus on then this leads to performance degrading and over time the competition will get better than you Um, and those people who are being smarter about how they organize their training and how they prioritize their training they will be uh, improving at levels that seem quicker um, because they are looking at where the competitive field is, they're looking at where they are at, and then they're making adjustments based off of that. You know, this is very, very, very prevalent in, um, I think, the sort of more intermediate levels of the sport. People do have a big emphasis on being strong. And I, and I understand this because I went through that process myself. And what you have to understand is that that can actually be a disservice to you if you gravitate towards one style of training more than others and you choose to sort of excel yourself beyond what is you know what the 
what the average um, competitor is doing, then this almost creates this expectation that that has to be constant all the time and that you can't let that drop. And it then becomes, okay, well, I now need to do this in another area. And, you know, quite often um, training will conflict with each other and you can't be at peak performance in your absolute strength and peak performance in your <clears throat> your more sort of conditioning elements at the same time. You know, those people who do really, really well in the open, um, you know, the sort of, and, and I'm sort of talking to those people who are not um, the, the individuals who are at the very, very top who just tend to do very well and respond very well to all types of training all the time. I'm talking more to those people who, you know, are really trying to dial in their training and they're, they're, they're being very focused in how they do it. Um, those individuals, when they have their best performance in the open, they're going to have lower strength levels and they're not going to be at their peak strength. And if you can get your head around that, I do think that that's going to be, uh, there's going to be a, a way of you just keeping yourself uh, a little bit more grounded throughout the process. So sort of a, a bit of a segue there, but I do believe, you know, it sh you shouldn't let yourself become so overdeveloped in one area that it starts to uh, create expectations around that. And then all of a sudden you're sort of trying to chase this thing that, uh, or you're trying to maintain this thing that might not actually be giving you the, uh, the best bang for your buck. You're not prioritizing as well as you could be. So, so for that third area, I think that having a, a, a good understanding of progress is going to be really, really important. And the final area for managing these highs and lows that we have is understanding the importance of training, but then also understanding what the very, very important metrics are out there, which are what you can compete in and what you do in competition. Um, you know, re really quite often people day to day only have their, <clears throat> excuse me, their training experience to go off of. So it almost becomes, the, the training becomes its competition itself. And, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> the, this becomes, you know, very, very prevalent in sports where the training is the competition itself, you know, weightlifting, gymnastics. Um, endurance sports and CrossFit is one example as, as well. Um, you know that grey area between: am I training or am I trying to, you know, push an improvement that's going to be happening on the competition floor becomes very, very, uh, very, very difficult to navigate sometimes. And I do think that there is a, a point where you do need to turn the intensity up before a competition. You need to need to understand that. You need to tap into a little bit of it, but you also need to understand that competition is the important thing. What you do in training doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen in a competition. And we see this all the time with people who they refer to um, their sort of PRs in the gym constantly, and they don't necessarily take into consideration what they're actually able to do on the competition floor or in the qualifier workout scenario. You know, those experiences are really important. You have to practice them and you have to understand that when you're going through a training session, you are thinking towards that position. You are thinking towards, okay, well, how is this going to relate to me in a competition? What is going to be the best thing for me to do right now that allows me to perform as best as I can on competition day, whether that's in 
six days time, six months time, you get the picture. You've got to start to have uh, a priority towards what is important. And, um, and you know, this is, uh, this is really something that I think that, you know, people, if they have training groups, um, they're able to <clears throat> actually practice that competition a little bit more than other people. And they're able to harness it. And they're able to also understand when they need to turn the intensity down a little bit and hold back a bit. Um, you know, this is definitely something that is very, very useful to do. So if you have the ability to train with other individuals, you can then get a bit more of a feel for what competition is going to be like. But at the same time, you know, I've experienced uh, training groups which have been great. And, you know, it's very much about everyone getting behind each other to sort of excel the other person in whatever way is going to be best. You know, some people need trash talk. Some people need a bit of coaching advice. Some people need a little bit of encouragement, um, you know, and it doesn't always have to be full on competition all the time, all the time, all the time. I've also been part of training groups where people are literally just trying to push their own agenda throughout. And, you know, that, that is the case. Everyone is training for themselves, but they're sort of doing things at the detriment to other people. And that's not a healthy situation to be in. But generally speaking, those people who do training groups are able to harness that competitive atmosphere a little bit more. They're able to practice it and then they're able to deliver on the competition floor. Um, they don't really pay too much attention to what's going on training session to training session. Um, and I think that some individuals who just train by themselves all the time, they get a little bit stuck in their head. And I've experienced this with myself as well. And, you know, it's just you and the, uh, the internet that's sort of like guiding you and your training and you're looking at, you know, what other people can do. And like I was talking about before you get into this sort of self-comparison trap, um, you've, you've got to think about, you know, what is the goal here? And, you know, if you are looking to compete in a competition, then trying to win the qualifier, you've got to sort of think of the risk reward behind that and, um, you know, not place too much emphasis on it. If you can qualify for these things fairly easily, then you should be doing them and you have to do them to be able to compete in the sport, but you shouldn't be, uh, trying to sort of really, really push it, um, unless there's cash on the line, which I understand that's more of a thing these days. Um, but if you, you've got to remember the, the sort of, the thing that is important is competition. And, you know, from my own experience, I, I know there was definitely periods of time where I didn't compete enough. There was periods of times where I competed too much. And, um, you know, I placed a bit too much emphasis on competition. Um, so you've, you've got to be sort of able to look at things big picture even when you are training by yourself and you've got a period of time, you know, that is more of a, like an off season type thing. Um, as well as keeping yourself sharp, keeping yourself focused when you do need to turn the intensity up and get ready for a competition. Um, I'm going to finish up with some action points, which I think that can just be very, very easy to implement. And they're probably something that, you know, uh, many people do some form of already, um, but I'll go through them and I think that these can be very, very helpful in just keeping yourself on track throughout your training. Um, first one is being present in your training. You know, the, um, the best influence you have on future outcomes is right now and in, in training that is, um, you know, so, so prevalent because if you are, you know, it's, it's 
the the reps you do today will turn into you know fitness in a few days time or in a few weeks time you know this this process of adaptation is essentially what drives our progress and we have to be present so that we can make sure that we optimize the sort of stress that we're applying on the body to create the right type of adaptation. I think it's important to reflect on your training and I I really think that having a, a notebook or a journal of some sorts is really, really useful. <clears throat> you can have some online form of that um, but I think that if you are not reflecting on your training and this is, can be as easy as you know, going through some biofeedback for the day. So how did I sleep? What's my nutrition like? How am I feeling? What's my energy? What's my soreness? You know, it can be as easy as that day to day, but at the same time, you could also be looking at the things that you did well in your training session. You could be looking at the things that you need to improve on. You could be, you know, you could be going through some form of gratitude or affirmations for the day around your training. But I think that having some opportunity to reflect on things can just give you the opportunity to bring it back to being objective you know which was the first point that i covered um earlier in the episode if you're able to reflect consistently this is going to help you be able to stay objective throughout the the whole process and you know you don't have to have as many highs and lows and it can be a little bit more even keel uh, throughout your training experience I think another important area, and this is sort of linked to reflection, is notice patterns. You know, you can't be expecting to do uh, the sort of same thing consistently if you're not getting results and expect to have the same results, right? Uh, Or expect to have results. Um, You've got to start to think about what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what do you feel good with? Our intuition is really good. Um, I would say that, you know, as you do start out in your training, don't follow your intuition too much. Um, but as you develop experience and as you develop sort of time in the game, then <clears throat> you're you're able to go off your intuition quite well. Um, you know, and this is something that I I encourage my my athletes to do, and it's something that I wish I encouraged more. Um, you know, in the in the past, um, but I do think that intuition is really really important. And if you're able to sort of pick up on how other things outside of your training can affect your training as well, that's really important. You know, it could be, you you could say, for instance, have um, a different situation occurring in your life, but you still have the same time carved out for your training. You still train in the same place. You still have the same commute, but, you know, you have this other thing. It could be a new job. Uh, It could be, you know, for instance, um, a breakup in a relationship or something like that. You can have something going on that is causing some, you know, underlying stress, but it doesn't affect your training as such. But what you do notice is that your energy levels are low. You don't go into the gym. You don't have the same uh, motivation to train. And even when you are training, you don't feel like you're recovering too well. You saw, uh, you know, for a, an extra 12 hours to a day than you usually are. You know, these types of things are important for us to be able to pick up on. Um, and having the opportunity to reflect allows you to start to notice these patterns. Sort of similar to what I was saying with the reflection, but I think checking in and reviewing things uh, over time is really important as well. And sometimes this can help to have another person around who is helping you go through this process because they are able to provide that objective view of things 
And I think the one thing that people don't do very well is looking at things long term. If you're not looking at things long term, then sometimes the, the sort of training that you go through, it may start to progress you a little bit too quickly. And then it becomes this sort of process of you skipping steps. And what you need to do is you need to understand that training needs to be obviously creating adaptation and progression, but at the same time doing it in a way which is going to happen over a long period of time. You don't want to be skipping steps because sometimes that leads to you having to sort of, you know, take two steps backwards, take one step forward and these types of things going on. Um, and then I think the, the, the last action point that I have is view your training with the future in mind as well. When you look at your training session, try to think about it in terms of where is this progression going to be in two weeks time, six weeks time? What am I trying to get out of this? Because if you're trying to always push performance in your training day to day as much as you can, then you're not going to be able to create long-term adaptation. And I've sort of said this in earlier uh, in, in, the, in this episode and in previous episodes, but the success is about creating adaptation, a small amount over a long, long period of time. That is how we get better. That's how we're able to make this sustainable. So if you can view things out and you can think about how this is going to be shaping up in a couple of weeks time and what you would like to be able to do when you test that out or what you would like to be able to do when you go in on game day, that's going to allow you to make a better decision. And it's not about making the right decision all the time. Um, I think that you know one of the things that we have to really try to understand is that we don't get it perfect and we're not going to be able to get it perfect every single time that we go into the training uh, and we, we we go about what we need to do and make our, our decisions um, in our training sessions but it's about making better decisions you know better decisions than yesterday better decisions than last week and last year and over time you get used to the decisions you make and if you're consistent with it and you're consistently making the right decisions then that's going to be something that you can build on and you can improve on. But yeah, so the, the, just to overview those points one more time, be present in your training, reflect on your training. I do recommend having some form of written journal or something like that. Um, notice patterns in your training, check in, review, look at things over the long term, and then also train with the future in mind. Okay, you don't have to be wrapped up in it, but having an idea of how this will progress over time is really important. Thank you very much for listening. If you found today's episode useful, please share it with others. If you'd like some more content and information or are looking for free programming to help with your training in competitive fitness, then check out my website, which is included in the show notes. You'll be able to sign up to email lists there. You can find links to my social media on the show notes as well. This podcast is for information purposes only and any use of the information is at user's risk. Thanks again for listening.